0: Stay tuned after the podcast to listen to me, my dad.
1: This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast, he has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R E E L J P.com. You may have noticed my brand new logo. It was designed and created by Melanie at Cuttlefish Graphics. I was looking to rebrand my podcast, and Cuttlefish Graphics made the process so easy. The finished look of the logo and the professional files I received were amazing. On top of logos, Cuttlefish Graphics offers professional branding and websites. I could not be happier with the job that they did. To start your next project, email melanie at cuttlefishgraphics.com. Mention you heard this ad on the Nerd Ball podcast and receive a $50 discount on a new logo design. That's cuttlefishgraphics.com c u t t l e fishgraphics.com. Let's start the show. Hi, this is Jake Blusky on the Nerd Ball podcast. You did it all in one, one shot.
2: This is the Nerdball Podcast with
0: Lorenzo Melcher.
1: I'm going to have to edit differently now. <laughs> All right, Jake. Well, uh, <coughs> thanks uh, Thanks for coming on the podcast. I uh, I noticed on, well, because you're my brother-in-law and we're family, but also that you were putting out a new album. Slowly, right? It's not a... Yep. It was like a month's thing like i put a one out now next month i put another one out
2: yeah so initially i uh in december of 2019 i I released a single that was supposed to be the first of 12 singles that was going to come out monthly Uh and then when march of 2020 hit yeah i was like well clearly this is not going to be a priority now yeah (laughs) (laughs) because when when all the bars and restaurants and stuff shut down and like aside from me being a musician at night all the bars and restaurants, well, not all of them, but a lot of them, were also my clients for multimedia. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's not in the budget. They had to let go a bunch of their staff. So I was like, all right, well, this music thing, as far as recording, is going to take a backseat because we got to figure out where money's coming from. So, mm-hmm. so it kind of worked out perfectly because I uh, there's since I write my own stuff and record it, there's also obviously the side of it where you have to engineer it, whereas. Sound engineering, which is a totally different art form, and yeah. that's like trying to get it to sound not only good, but then like in order to compete in today's world where you've got
1: some fantastic producers out there. Yeah. Um, how, well, that's I'm just learning a little bit through here. Like any little audio thing that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Like this is strictly audio, just like music. Yeah. Like it raw. has to sound good. Yep. You yep. know, because that's the only you're not watching something and hearing it.
2: And then you can have a great setup like you have right now, and then there's so much you get that raw performance then you have to do so much to how do you clean it up? And that's not talk. I'm not talking like things like auto tune. Like yeah. If the yeah. singer's off pitch, but yeah, it's like, how do you get it radio ready? Cause yeah. you got to compete against studios that, uh, you know, have th- million dollar studios. Yeah. And stuff, you know, but, All any, time. but anymore though, you also got somebody like Phineas, Billy Iosha's brother. Yeah. That does it, everything out of like a bedroom, mm. uh, with a setup that's about the same as mine. He actually might've less things than me. Yeah. And, uh, Cause there's a lot of stuff, but anyway, not to get off topic, but that's uh it's a process. Um, so I took some time, um, after we kind of figured everything out in the initial shutdown on March, 2020, I took some time to, uh, take some online courses. Oh, um, nice. and obviously you can get a lot of instructional stuff on YouTube and mm-hmm. there's a lot of great stuff on there, but there's actual like, uh, things like Skillshare and a couple other sites where you can actually pay and you're getting online education. And so I took time to, all right. I have this opportunity to make my stuff sound better yeah. when i come back and i uh, you know the whole month to month release I, I just canned the whole concept maybe i'll come back sometime but just rethought everything took some cl- uh, courses online courses to make audio sound better and things i wasn't doing or things i never even thought of yeah um and just because obviously you know you can't ever learn enough yeah <laughs> and, and
1: it's always i mean just because you you do this for a living or you went to school for that doesn't mean there's You always continue in education. 100%. So uh, I was gifted an opportunity to kind of start
2: fresh and, uh, you know, I started writing a lot of stuff in that same time, writing a lot of new music, um, but, you know, I didn't know how I was going to release it. And so seeing, you know, there's even the experts on major labels don't even know the proper way to release anything anymore because of how much content and the way people consume content. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, even television shows, they struggle with that. Cause that's why Netflix is like, here's our entire season, yeah, on the first day. But Disney Plus is like, we're still going to do week to week, yeah. And it's like, cause nobody has the magic formula, and both are successful. I was just going to say, you it doesn't.
1: If you took those two examples, it doesn't matter, right? They, they both work. Yep. You know, so. some because some people really enjoy binging and let's watch all this stuff and and go to the next thing. And some people are like, hey, this is cool that it's one episode a week because now. Uh, we don't have to have that conversation at 11 o'clock at night on a Thursday. Like, hey, are we watching one more? You know? right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and people like it. And, and I, you know, I like both. There's yeah. times for both, but yes. I do like the the times where they're saying, "Here's one, and the next one will be out next week," because it gives you something to look forward to. Also, yeah. You know? So,
2: and yeah. I think I think that's that's kind of nice, and that's kind of what I was using in that same kind of model with um, music, because obviously, I don't have the followers that Billy Eilish does. Uh-huh. So if I drop a full album. Like, well, let's say she drops a full album, they're gonna eat that. Oh, up, yeah, you know, yeah. and then, but the problem is then you might have to wait another year for her to put a new album. Yeah. And so then you like, you go nuts with it for like a month or two till it gets played out, just like we did when we bought CDs. Yeah. As kids, you know, I'd play that thing for two, three months
1: constantly. Yeah. And then you move on to the next one. Well, I heard, you know, I heard a story too. Um, it's this, this podcast I listen to. His name's Bill Simmons. His daughter comes on and she's 16 she was talking about Olivia Rodrigo when her record came out. And then the same thing, like two months later, she was even saying, yeah, she's kind of, we're kind of over it. We're on to the next thing already. (laughs) I was like, man, that's brutal.
2: Yeah, but it is because, I mean, we used to do that as kids a little to an extent. But now, imagine, because of how much content. And I, uh, you know, as I'm a pro wrestling fan, we've talked about that before. Yeah, And even like WWE, like the biggest global juggernaut of wrestling, they started approaching things, and mind you, they've got actual competition now that's more interesting because oh. the competition doesn't have as much to lose, yeah. and they don't have that global market. So, well, tell, we'll go back to that because yeah. I'm interested in that. But, but, but that's what I was going to tie it in is like you know, uh, one of the guys from WWE, like a higher up, said, you know, when you're competing as a wrestling company, you're not competing just with other wrestling companies. We're content, so you're competing with music, you're competing Everybody, with yeah. video, and that's so, and that's why. So the release that I have going on right now. I uh I had I probably wrote twenty four, twenty-five songs uh-huh. over the last year. Obviously they weren't gonna make it on the album and that's something I learned through these courses that like not everything belongs on the album. Oh, okay. And so I had to come up with a concept for an album, you know, to try to create you know, I was looking at, because you and I like a lot of that uh two thousands rock, like the emo stuff and yeah. all that. And each one of those albums, even though the song sounded different, collectively like you can almost tell which album this song mm-hmm. was off of because the concept was there and they developed a sound just for that album and then they evolved their sound for the next album so i went for a specific sound for this current release but instead of doing month by month one song at a time because my like diehard followers are like we want more than one song yeah. every four weeks but i also didn't want to just drop 12 13 songs at once so yeah. i split it up so let's think of it like television like the way people consume. like give them more than just a little blip, you know. Yeah. But so I'm doing uh, four songs at a time over like a four-month period so that when comes to the end of that four-month, probably at the end of like October, early November, it'll be a full album. Nice. But that people all along got to get used to four songs at a time. So it's like, hey, if you got 15 minutes, here's four songs. Yeah. Instead of here's
1: an hour of your time. And, and that's going to be a tough thing to, too because I know for me for the podcast, it's I want to – my number one goal eventually, is it j- obviously, is to grow this podcast, right? Just like you. Let's get more followers. I want people to experience you know, my music, mm-hmm. or in this case, this podcast. But also balancing the people who've been there from day one. Like, hey, man, we really like it. you know, help, you know, Give us more. Give us more. But it, it's so I, I sometimes struggle with that. Like, for me right now, number one is, like, the people that have been listening for a while. Like, I want to keep putting content out, out for them because they've been here the whole time. You know, and 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 I don't know if some people think like it's a bad thing to tell me, but there's several people that will say, "Well, I don't listen to all of them. I only listen to the football players one because I know them, or I don't listen to the football players ones because um, I don't care too much about that." But I like that these people are interesting, you know. And I tell them like, "I don't. As long as you're listening, you can. That's what's good about this. You can pick and choose what you want to listen to. That's why I try to have a variety of people on here, so maybe there's something for everybody." But I'm trying to. I want to keep those people that have been here, keep them here, and then. They'll help bring other ones. And I would imagine the same for you. Like, yeah, you want to get a lot of people to listen to your music, but you also want to keep the people that have been there.
2: You know? Oh, yeah, that's 100%. That's why I started, you know, I was like, you know, I, I should put three or four songs out at a time because the ones that are really, really waiting for it, they have more than just one song. Yeah, Because you know? yeah. then, like, three or four songs, it's almost like, you know, if you think of uh, the whole album as a television series, like a limited series, like a limited series, you know, it'd be nice to have a couple episodes rather than just one, you know. Yeah. It's to, a yeah. to digest. So, yeah. and that way it kind of builds anticipation. So I broke it up into like a three, three acts, kind of like the way most really well-developed stories, books, and films are broken up in three acts. Uh-huh. So like there's an actual whole concept that will get lost on a lot of people uh, <laughs> when they listen to the album, but some people can kind of pick it up. They're like, you know, the first four kind of sounded like this and then the second four even though you can tell it's the same artist kind of shifted directions and so yeah. then the third act will do the same thing but then when you listen to it all together at the end you kind of be like oh kind of like some tv shows when you're like i have no idea where this is going like <laughs> wandavision right yeah anybody that watched yeah. that it's just like the first few episodes i mean i realized they were doing satire and i realized there was more to come but it was kind of a tough watch for a couple someone of weeks said there. The,
1: i think it, the the consensus was that a up until episode four, then I was like, oh, okay, all right, this is this is good now, and or I, whatever. And
2: I think mm-hmm. they, because they were gutsy enough to do the week-to-week thing with only a 23-minute episode kind of yeah. thing, I'm like, and that's tough, because we got so used to being dumped on from Netflix that, like...
1: Yeah, because you could have figured it out the first night, like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, that's when people forget, like, here's a whole season in One Night Netflix, and, you know, you if it's a 22-minute episode kind of thing, like a lot of those are, yeah, then... You put in just an hour of watch and you've got three episodes in, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, I think that was the hard part with like WandaVision. So, it's the same kind of thing like you, uh, those couple first episodes mean more when you got to the end because you're just like, ah, I'm tying it all together, yeah. And so, that's kind of what I was trying to do with uh, the new album release. And so, it, I didn't get as negative reactions though, like WandaVision <laughs> did with the first <laughs> few songs. So, <laughs>
1: thankfully, <laughs> and, it, and the name of your album, we'll keep talking about it, but what's the name of it?
2: Uh, so each. Each release, so it's a three-part release, so each release has its own name, Okay. and so uh, when those names come together, it'll be one long title, but it kind of has a nice flow to it. So the first uh, release, which was July 23rd, 2021, uh, that was called A Stone Unturned, Okay. and then the one that just released on September 15th uh, is called A Tape Unraveled, and then the final release, which I'm shooting for the end of October, early November, and that'll be... Uh, a bell unrung so it almost sounds like a book of fables uh-huh. uh, when you actually say it all together because it'll be a stone unturned comma a tape unraveled comma a bell unrung yeah um but it kind of works because then each one has its own artwork like when I mean, you go on spotify or apple music it comes up as just an ep which oh okay yeah know, so it's a short you know four track thing yeah so when i do the final release. That's when the physical copies will come out. Um, I'm looking not only to do a limited print of CDs, because some people still want CDs, sure. Um, especially since I play in bars and restaurants. Not only, like, I I laugh all the time, because I'll I'll go out to eat, and like one of the young servers where a man and I will go out to eat, she would be like, hey, I love your stuff. I listen to Spotify all the time. I'm like, that's really cool, especially when I don't know them. Yeah. And they say that. That's always the one in their 20s, maybe early 30s. But when I play out in bars and restaurants... I get a lot of, you know, support from people forty and up, yeah. And a lot of them, they're like, I still love having something to hold in my hand, mm-hmm. and so I'll release CD from them. And then, of course, I have people asking me for vinyl, vinyl. Yeah. and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I think vinyl's great, and I understand like holding that because, I mean, then yeah. the cover itself is art. They're very expensive to produce, yeah. And so I did find, hopefully, I'm going to look more into it, but I found two different. Um, because I mean, I think vinyl typically runs on an independent market, it's like 20 to 25 bucks a piece, and you have to order a minimum of 100 that you have to pay that and I have then, to pay up front, right? Wow, and so yeah, because they have to print X amount at a time, okay, to make it worth their while. Um, and obviously, if you print more, it goes down. But I'm like, well, I mean, I have friends that love vinyl, but do I have 100 friends <laughs> that want to pay 25 dollars just for me to break even? I was just gonna say that's gonna be like closer to what 35 40 bucks. If yeah well make, and that's and, that, and that's the thing like i would be happy just because i mean i got all sorts of support from people in yeah. 2020 and since um and since things started reopening where you know some of my tip jars some nights i mean look oh nice so much better and so if people support in different ways i'd be happy to break even yeah just to be like hey i have 100 vinyl records floating out there yeah but here's the thing i'm not confident that i'll <laughs> sell 100 vinyl records um, you're gonna, it's going to be four records later You're going to still have this one Hanging out in right, vinyl Right, yeah, yeah, a whole stack of them They yeah. hang up at a garage sale 20 years <laughs> from now um, and when, Which, I mean, totally happens I've gone to garage sales I'm like, what's this? And they're like, oh, that's my cousin's band From like 10 years ago It's like, oh, and it's in the garage sale? Didn't like it? <laughs> or maybe they just had a bunch of you leftovers you to make some so, hard choices Yeah, but there is I, I, I found a couple regional spots That do limited printing on vinyl Oh, nice For like where they can they can press just ten of them, oh. and so I told some of my friends that want them. I said, I will do this, and I will do this. Like, I won't make any money on it, but if you want it on vinyl, I'll happily go through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might ask for the money up front, like uh, some pre-orders. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Because I think for like ten of them at one this one place, I mean, it ends up being almost thirty bucks a pop. Okay. But yeah. some almost everybody I talked to said thirty bucks to have that on vinyl. We would we yeah. we would pay forty. I'm like, well, don't tell me that because I price it <laughs> at thirty. <30." laughs> But yeah, so it's <laughs> lots of decision making. Nice. Uh, do you do your your artwork too? Yeah, so I I uh, reached out uh, to different artists when this whole concept was like finally developed mm-hmm. in my head, and before I really even started recording the songs. But I got some submissions. Like I was like, you know, first one, the first chapter is gonna be called a stone unturned. So you know, give me your ideas for that. Don't think so literal. Think more abstract maybe you know think like what can that mean yeah but i was totally getting a bunch of pictures sent to me of just rocks yeah like just photos somebody took on their phone like out in the park and like here's a rock and then sent it to me like, it's
1: not a rock unturned right well I'm, <laughs> no, I'm <just> like, <laughs> I'm like either way it's like you know that's, ex- I appreciate that's the exactly effort. what i didn't want <laughs> right, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so
2: <laughs> i uh i belong to a couple different um i have a couple memberships online um where and like whether it's art, um, like actual fine art mm-hmm. drawings, photos, and then there's ones with video and stuff too. I belong to a couple different groups. I mean, you pay to be a part of it, but then I can submit a bunch of stuff and get li- my stuff out there, licensed that other people. Oh, can use. Nice. And then like the same kind of thing. It's like a trade yeah. kind of thing. So and then it helps other artists out. So I went on one of those sites and got, um, first stone and turn and tape unraveled. Um, a couple like, uh, they consider them, photos that like have been they're not photorealistic. like somebody took the time to kind of like take a photo but then like make it look a little more um i don't not unrealistic but you know what i mean where yeah. it's like a little kind of like when you watch something like a movie like okay. it doesn't look like you took it with your camera got it because yeah. somebody goes through and puts certain color filters up and, up and does yeah. All sorts. Yeah. yeah so to go for a certain tone and so that's what i got from um this uh, online artist community and so one of which then i kind of what they call composition photography where i took their photo and combine it with two other photos like oh. one of mine and one of us, to make like one whole piece yeah. so
1: so yeah that that's a whole another process but yeah well, well it, it isn't just you said you, you you write the songs you obviously play them you sing you do pretty much everything yep. it is it is under Jake and the Venom yes right so I would assume that last time you did that you had collaborations from other from other uh, musicians on there too is that the same case in this one or is that this is all made this oh, time oh awesome okay yeah. okay um yeah, there's a uh, technology
2: has advanced ex- extremely well, and there's uh, different things that, again, in my research in 2020, like, yeah. you know, what can I do to record this, and what can I do to record this? Like, a lot of the guitar parts, I'm playing on the keyboard. Oh, wow. Um, but I uh, could put that in front of somebody that just plays the keyboard or plays the piano. They're not going to make it sound like a guitar like I made it sound because I also know how a guitar works. Yeah. So it's actually like, how can I make this actually –
1: sound like a guitar not a guitar be a guitar, guitar yeah. even
2: though it's on a guitar and i'm like and that's a lot of like well guitars have six strings so if you're playing more than six notes at a time
1: oh, then
2: okay. you know you're yeah. gonna have a problem
1: <laughs> be like wow is that a 14 string guitar <laughs> 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 so so you you did all that and you make music videos too yeah do, do, so so do all the songs have videos because i've seen some um mean, I haven't seen all your stuff, yeah. but I've seen some, and and um and they're really cool. And that's another thing itself. Like this yeah. is this is <laughs> this is truly something you went from the beginning to end and did everything. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: uh the videos. I have uh, two videos because for the first release, Stone Unturned, there's two songs that have a video. Okay. Um and then. Uh, I don't know if I mean maybe I'll make a video for all of them eventually. Um, the videos almost become not, not, not only an expression of art, but it also just becomes another way to not only promote the releases, but mm-hmm. some people just again like we were talking about the way people digest content. Some people um, take content in differently, and some people love those videos. Yeah, um, I keep, I try to keep them pretty abstract so that they're not like walking you through the song. Yeah, um, and, I, and I that's, wanna... that's got to be tough too. <laughs> like
1: like doing like how do I how do I uh Make this look good without stepping you through it. Yeah, like every, every every word. Right. You yeah. Know, don't like. Yeah. Because I would imagine that's what your brain wants to do. That right? I mean. Yeah. I, it, that's, for, that's for naturally where you go. Yeah. Um I mean, you've been doing it a while. Where you're. you're yeah. You're, I mean, you're and your brain does not work like other people's <laughs> right, brains. <laughs> so. Right. Right. So,
2: but but it's a good point that you bring up because I've done I've been commissioned to do videos for other people for other artists and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and there's a gentleman that you know he. I mean, he's in probably close to seventy years old now. He had just a great collection of stuff that he recorded and produced over the years. Uh-huh. Wanted to kinda of bring him out of the vault, if you will, and reintroduce him to a new generation of people. So he's like his friend was like, Yeah, I wanna reinvigorate his career or at least put put his stuff out there that I think is great. Can you make some videos? And one of the videos he wanted me to like have it acted out essentially, like yeah. word for word for word, and I was just like even videos that do that, they're not actually doing it as much as you think they are when you yeah. go back and watch them. Like Stan, I always think of uh, Eminem. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was a fantastic video, but it's not acted out word for word.
1: Yeah.
2: That would be a very fast clip uh, <laughs> when you consider how fast he can rap. Like yeah, Sometimes it's like you wouldn't be able to keep up. It's very... There's lots of images in that, those kind of storytelling videos where they're implied without actually taking you step mm-hmm. by step. But yeah, I... I got more abstract, that, though, than that with the videos. and um, but They're that's really cool, though. Thanks. Yeah. And they end up becoming just, you know, it's just another way for people. To, I mean, there's some people that had no idea that even though when I put these videos out and yeah. the verbiage that comes with the video says part of this new release that you can find on all streaming platforms, four tracks, people that have no idea that that part exists. yeah, And they're like, oh, I saw your new video. I'm looking forward to more songs. And I said, well, there's three others right now. <laughs> that's part of that release. And they just had no idea because yeah. they just see a video. They get excited. They watch it. And I said, well, this is the reason that I'm making because they didn't even know I was on the streaming platform. Yeah. And then they forget that it's Jake and the Venom. <laughs> and so they type in Jake Peluski, And they're like, mm. well, there's some Christmas songs. And... Like two others, and I was like, "Yeah, it's Jake and the Venom."
1: So, so, so when you go on Spotify, yeah, you have to type in uh, Jake and the Venom.
2: Yeah, and you can type it with the ampersand sign. That's how I spell it, or you can just type Jake and like A and D the Venom, and 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 it'll find it regardless.
1: Yeah. Um. Did you think? Did you think when you started playing music in high school that it would be what it is right now, like you doing writing twenty four songs in a year? Um, producing and making videos, like doing all the audio engineering. Did you think that's where? Did you is that where you wanted to go? Or at first you're just like, I'm just gonna play music. Um, it's kind of weird,
2: uh, but the like when I first started singing in Evolution, you know the mm-hmm. the, the the vocal quartet that became a boy band because of uh, money. <laughs> 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 um, to a sixteen-year-old, that's a pretty yeah. attractive thing. Oh yeah. Um, you know, initially, obviously, we're in evolution, and like we're singing barbershop quartet stuff, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we're playing sixteen-year-old birthday parties for you know the pretty girls <laughs> that want to hear "Insane" and "Backstreet Boys," and yeah. so so then you start like going, "Oh, well, we could do bigger stages, we could do this," and so then you're not thinking like long term as much; mm-hmm. you're just thinking in the in the now, especially but, being sixteen, seventeen years yeah, old. Hey. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it's easy, but the um kind of the interesting thing is that by Probably by seventeen, eighteen, I started getting into video. Okay. Um, thanks to Miss Um she's a teacher at she retired teacher now, but she was my teacher that had the cellar um, that was like an all digital media way ahead of its time, really, um, at Perry'sburg High School, and so uh, she got me into start doing videos. Uh, for I had a band, Hunters Run, mm-hmm. and so I would I got my feet wet making music videos for ourselves. And again, it was kind of a promotional thing, and we were recording our own stuff.
1: I, I don't I don't remember ever seeing those videos, but I could I would imagine it's one of those music videos where it's just like the song's playing and there's clips of you guys like playing instruments and like that's just how I envisioned the video being. <laughs> just like there's certainly guys some of that, yes. Yeah.
2: But <clears throat> the funny thing is that like some of the techniques I was learning at that time even. Like I go back and watch it, I was like, I mean, this is definitely a high schooler's project, but some of these shots look better than some of these shows that I see sometimes. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, there was definitely some like natural stuff going on there, but um, I think by 1920, not not the year 1920, 19 <laughs> years old, 20 years old, somewhere around then, I was like, all I want to do is write and record music, yeah, and I want to make videos for them and like that's what I want out yeah. of music and then I got into more bands that, you know, one that one we had all the biggest dreams but like had no idea how to like get to that point and then naturally start getting older and bills start getting bigger and then you go, well, we got to make money so cover bands happen. Yeah. So like cover bands became kind of a distraction really because now I'm exactly where I am where I wanted to be <laughs> when I was 19 and this is, you know, 16 16 yeah. Yeah. 16 17 years later Mm -hmm. uh so i'm doing exactly what i want to do um it's just that i'm really thankful that i got the education from all the other things that i ran into on the way yeah because i that's why i say demand all the time i'm like i really and i know everybody thinks this way as i get older but i was like man if i had this kind of knowledge yeah and ability to like present it to my 19 20 year old self like i would have really you know (laughs) because that's that's the thing too it's a it's not too late to ever do well, some of these well, things. I was you know, gonna say it's, it's never too late.
1: It also shows, like, yeah, you knew what you wanted to do at nineteen, twenty years old, and it took a while, but that doesn't matter. It right. doesn't matter that it took a while. Right. You figured out, you got there, yeah, and you're still, and along the way, you're you're still happy doing what you were doing along the way, right? And and you got, and the reason, and the reason I, and part of the reason you you are where you are is because you were happy. Like yeah. if you weren't happy, you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, or you maybe maybe you shouldn't be doing it, right? You right. Know? Like if you have a job that you're not happy at, like figure it out, try to figure it out, and and I know it's easier said than done. My dad had a horrible job that he hated, but he had to do it, right? You know because that's where he was at at the time. But it's it's I like the fact, um, a couple things like we talked about it on the podcast that aired Monday that i I talked about I like that I didn't graduate from school until I was twenty four years old because that gives me something to tell kids like it's okay if mm-hmm. it if it doesn't happen right away or it's okay if and i and I tell kids I got kicked out of college you know and and because I wasn't going to school, but it's okay that that happens, and it's okay that it took you seventeen years to live your dream from when you were nineteen that's okay because you're still doing
2: it, yeah you know yeah, and figured out a way to actually make money from it, which is yes, the most important thing yes. you know? and that's uh that's one of those things, too, that became a really weird decision for me when, I mean, because there's so many, like, uh, original music artists, you know, that write and record that would never, ever, ever play in a cover band. You say yeah. cover band, and they freak out, and they're like, oh, they're the worst. I was like, well, they're kind of playing songs that were really successful that people still want to hear, yep. so, you know. And uh, a lot of the greatest bands ever, like, in the history of American music and British music uh, were cover bands. They learned their craft because, the, you know, the whole... uh Fake it till you make it. Not really that, but uh, intimidate or not intimidate. What are you gonna imitate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and until you can innovate or whatever, and um, and that's kind of what it is. And so I would see a lot of my frustrated fellow musicians who weren't doing the cover bands, weren't doing even just solo or duo acts in a bar and making money that way. Like they just thought that was the the death of music for them. Yeah. And I said, well, you have to make you have to do something to make money, Mm -hmm. and so. I'm like why don't I just keep playing music for money even if it's not the music that I necessarily it's not the, my music that I'm yeah. you know putting out there but I'm like but you're along the way perfecting the craft that's going to benefit your own music yeah. then when that you can apply to it I said you know if you want to be a professional football player you don't necessarily uh play tennis in high school to get there yeah like you know you play football <laughs> to get better at football <laughs> so it's like yeah. that's the whole thing it's like I love you know I I play music like round the clock now yeah. and it's evolved in other things like doing weddings and stuff and a lot yeah. of that pays pays the bills you know and and then obviously um, pays for you to be able to do what you really want to do mm-hmm. um, but in the process get better at what you want to do well <laughs> so,
1: yeah and and some of those um, and, and you said it playing cover bands isn't isn't your favorite thing to do and I'm assuming a lot of bands are like that right you know but it, but like you said it pays bills but what I can, and I'll ask you a question, but I probably know the answer. Like you could have not a bad show as far as like you play, the music was off or your singing voice wasn't good, but you just, you didn't like playing all these cover songs. But at the end, like when you're done and people come up to you and be like, man, that was awesome. Or I haven't heard that song in, in 15 years. Or like, I mean, it's got to make you feel good. Uh, even though you like, Hey, I kind of suffered through this day today or this night, but the people come up to you and be like, that was awesome. I really liked it.
2: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know i i've i've always been a big fan of you know picking and cover songs that not every single band in town is playing mm-hmm. uh, cuz there's a lot of really good songs and there's a lot of uh, successful songs over the years um for for a while there it felt like every band was playing every playlist and i was like man that's got to be so tiresome mm-hmm. for the people that go out to see these different bands That like oh here's their version of this song yeah. and here's their version <laughs> of this song <laughs> you know and it's like all right <laughs> so like that's that's naturally like how some of my bands that I'm in came about because it was kind of like, I'm not going to say like a antithesis to it, but I mean, in a way it was, it was like, Hey, let's do something that's still successful, popular songs, yeah. but like that nobody hears anymore. And mm-hmm. it's, it's that exact thing. What you just said, you get somebody that comes up and goes, man, I haven't heard this in 15, 20 years or man, this was like the song I danced to it in high you know, in high school, like yeah. homecoming or, you know, nobody plays this kind of stuff. This is great. And, mm-hmm. And it's nice, um, and in the process, and that's what I mean too. It helps develop then my skill because when I go to write music now, I have all these influences, all these yeah. songs that I've learned from different eras, and like that just makes you a better writer. Yeah.
1: How do you How do you choose? Because you wrote a lot of songs. How do you choose, or is it just go back to like, hey, what's this What's the flow of this album? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of um, or because you have to, you have to have like ones. Of the 24, you, there's a, probably a couple where you're like, man, this has to be on the album, but how am I going to make it work? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. Like your favorites. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think that's, for some artists, it's very, very easy. Because um, I, I was just chatting with another songwriter recently about it because he likes one very specific kind of music, mm-hmm. and so he'll write everything like that. And I said the hard part is that you end up having, it's too streamlined, and then you have oh, no diversity yeah. in your sound. Um and that can be really... So, like, my curse is that... And it's a blessing, too, but it's a curse as well, is that I, I listen and I like so many different styles of music from so many generations, and so...
1: I feel like they could all sound different when you write songs then. Yeah,
2: and it's like, I don't want it to sound like somebody's random mixtape, either, you know? <laughs> like, it has to have some kind of... Yeah. Because, I, I mean, my first, my first full album, uh, Between Then and When, that I released in 2017 that was very much a mixtape of sounds but it was intended to be that way cuz this was kind of like me saying hey i'm going to start recording and making original music again because yeah. i've been wanting to do this for years mm-hmm. and so um but yeah you kind of i had all these songs and had i didn't really have the concept developed yet uh and then just like you said there was a couple songs that i'm like i feel like these songs are so strong that they need to develop the concept out of these songs like hey this is the direction we're going because these two songs are so strong that i need to
1: Find out what other ones fit yeah. in with this one, and
2: what ended up happening. I end up writing more songs uh, to go down that line. So there's a bunch that are just sitting there that I may or may not record, and you know, eventually maybe go. Here's a bunch of random stuff that I never. I was just going to ask released. you,
1: does, does that happen a lot with not just you but other musicians? I would imagine here's a bunch of songs that have just been leftovers from three albums. Like, what am I going to yeah, do with these? That's
2: uh, that's why um, you know people joke you know, that Tupac wasn't dead. Because he kept coming out with albums. I mean, he can't he released more albums yeah. after he was dead than when he you know, when he was living. But I mean, especially with rappers, um, because and that's not and that's this is nothing to say like that it's not developing a song, but like I mean, a rapper, like if you got a good beat and somebody like Tupac that had a million ideas, yeah, like they can go and just throw down some lines uh and do it so well that somebody else, like a producer, can be like, you know, this is kinda what these words mean to me, so I'm gonna put this beat under it kind of thing it. and develop So that's why I like... But, I mean, even Tom Petty, I think, just came out. Um, Obviously, Tom Petty passed away, but uh, they just released, I think, last year or two years ago, like a version of his album from the 90s, Wildflowers. They released a version of all of his... um, original takes on these songs so before they got um filled up with a bunch of other musicians that came oh, in really? to fill out the parts so it's like it's like they call them scratch tracks in the studio when okay. you just it's just you and in one instrument to kind of like feel out the song yeah and so they released that along with a bunch of other unreleased songs because there's a bunch of songs that never make it to the album especially if you're under like a major label and you've got 20 different people that listen to it and say hey this is the direction we're going so you have more creative control obviously like myself when you're doing everything yourself but it's still like I know cuz I'm disciplined enough maybe because I'm not the 19-year-old cuz <laughs> <laughs> not saying 19-year-old can't be disciplined but you know yeah. when you're venturing in art like in this long that I've done it it's kind of like all right so I'm the performer I'm the raw artist but then I have to walk away from it and come back to it as like you know the businessman mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you have to wear a couple different hats to approach the music and I go this is the direction we're going again because I kept using TV and movies because mm-hmm. I love television, I love movies. Um, I just kept using that as a baseline of like, well, if this was a show, which songs make sense? Oh, yeah, and which ones are that episode that you go, wow, they were just trying to fill content because ABC <laughs> ordered twenty four episodes and this, this. This one, this one jumped the shark, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes you do that purposely and it it looks really good, and other yeah. times you're like. They're just feeling this because the sponsors say we need X amount of episodes. So, like, I don't want to feel like that. So that's how that's what you end up doing. And there's some really good songs that I'm like, some. I mean, one of which I wrote just about going back to New York every year. Mm -hmm. Um, that we've done for like five years, just because that was uh, one of the the first time I made that trip. Was like, wow, this is the kind of break I needed. Oh yeah! From everything that I'm doing, and then like just got inspired to write a bunch of music, and so it's like, so I wrote a song about that, but that song doesn't really fit on this album, Mm -hmm. so I was like, maybe I just record it and then gift it to, you know, the people that understand the story, or or just throw it out as a random single too. I mean, as a kind of like a here's something to
1: like wet your palate between this album and whatever one I record next, Mm -hmm. because artists do that, you know. Do you find it hard to do everything yourself? I mean, it's got to be hard, but it's got to also be like you know what, I could probably like pay somebody else to do this, but then it wouldn't mean as much or something.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that it's not like I necessarily want to keep it out of other people's hands because I absolutely love collaborating. Yeah, yeah. I love collaborating. Um, the problem is is that I, uh, from a very early age, and that's why I end up doing stuff like video and I do stuff like photography because from a very early age... I would like think of an idea, but I would think of the idea surrounded by the multiple steps to the finished product mm-hmm. and not just the raw idea and so when I hear a song in my head, I'm hearing all the parts already, and I'm hearing the way it needs to be recorded, I'm hearing the way it needs to come across in the headphones and so it it's uh it's one of those things that there's never like a really raw just lyrics on a sheet of paper, yeah, it's always like this whole moving song in my head, so it's like. It's never
1: one thing. It's yeah. always multiple. It's
2: always. And so it's really hard to like, you know, I don't want to tell a guitar player like, hey, this is exactly what you're supposed to play. Because <laughs> like, that's
1: also telling the artist what to do. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and I, I mean, and then, <clears throat> truthfully, that does happen because you go to like Nashville and there's just a plethora of session artists, musicians, yeah. where that's all they want to do. Yeah. Like they're a great guitar player and they just want to get in there and be play told it. what to yeah. do
1: yeah yeah i i can understand that um i think because you also because you do everything it would tend to like you said you need to walk away every once in a while and maybe hear oh, from yeah. different ears. do you have anybody <laughs> that that comes in or is that just amanda that say hey give it what do you think about this
2: so i usually um is, is there it, any yeah. beta testers for you so it, it's 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 a good good question because yeah i i uh i mean in the process of writing and recording a song i'll listen to it I mean, you end up listening to it 100, 200 times. Yeah. And 200. There it
1: is. <laughs> Cheap plug. But that one's under Jake Paluska. Yeah. I still remember uh, your brother Phil just all, all weekend or all night was saying that. Oh, he still does. Does he? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yep, he still does. That's good. Um, <laughs> I don't think that'll ever go away. <laughs> um, That's it, uh, a good song, by the way. We're not, you know, it's, it was just, it's just, uh, I think it's a brother
2: thing, right? Just oh, absolutely. Road, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and I and I always tell him, like, I mean, clearly the song was catchy because you sing that yeah yeah and he's like oh i know he's like i sing it to myself he's like i got anna like his daughter she sings it now too she did it not again to get off topic but she did it uh when we were facetiming at the beginning of like uh, march 2020 april 2020 and like we don't know we're gonna see you see you again and um and i'd be like all right Anna.' i'm like uh you know do you want to facetime more this week she's like yeah i'm like how many more times she'd be like
3: 200 times (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh
2: i'm like you're like five you're not supposed to you're not supposed to mess with your uncle like this (laughs) so uh, um yeah it's uh i i mean i'll listen to the song over and over and over yeah and then even sometimes in the recording process before it's even done being recorded before i've even done the mixing and all that i still will have to go to bed and like wake up the next day and hear it with fresh ears because it's, like, when you hear something over and over and over and over again, like, you no longer can be objective about it. Yeah. Like, you're just, you know, you're, I mean, it's, it feels like you're going nuts. and
1: uh, <laughs> or, or it's also got to, you might be feeling like, okay, does this sound weird? Should I change this? Or right. is it because I've heard it a hundred times? And overthinking it. Yep. Yeah. So
2: you walk away. So, yeah, as far as, like, having other listeners, I mean, obviously, my wife, Amanda, like, she'll, I always have her listen to stuff. But she's not always the first, because I'll send it to her. And I'm, like, listen to this when you have the chance. Yeah. Um, we can listen to it at home together, and we do that sometimes, but I'm like, it's going to be a little more intimate and honest if you listen to it by yourself on yeah. your own time. So she'll do that when she can. I'll send it to, um, like, I have a good buddy, Eric, um, who just, he's not a musician, but he loves just music in general, and he loves some of the same people I love, but he loves a lot of, I mean, he's always had a really good mind for music, and so uh-huh. I'll send him some stuff. Um, but it's important, then, I'll send, you know, to just... You know, if you ever if you ever would be on that list, I'll send it it to a couple people because like there's some people that I send it to that I'm like I don't want this to be a musician.
1: I want somebody that's not a musician to be like, hey, this is really good song. Do do you give people like um, I would imagine you don't go, hey, pay attention to 109, this part. I would imagine (laughs) you don't do that. Oh, but do you do you give people like? hey um kind of a story like i was going for this tone or I, or i was i use this instrument because of this let me know what you think about it or whatever no. or do you just say listen to
2: i it. just say listen to okay. i mean if they like this current release if they know the whole concept of the album already to an extent uh-huh. um then they kind of know where i'm gonna go but like before this and even before the first release like they didn't know where i was gonna go and so it out and they're like wow this is some really good stuff and I'm like cool do you know why no I have no idea I just really like it
1: and I was like cool that's yeah. all I, that's all I need <laughs> yeah because then that was to be my next question like <laughs> like especially if you send it to um I know Amanda would 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 be um critical if she had to like hey this doesn't sound right or this this was weird for She's whatever the reason. first one to be critical yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you need someone like absolutely. that absolutely yeah 100 um but I would imagine a lot of times sending it to family family and friends is like this was great you know yeah, is there is and there I family was, that you can count on besides a man to count on to, to to tell you if something's bad? Not bad, but doesn't sound right. Um, I would imagine that's why you send it to the people you send it. Yeah, to
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I don't really send it to a lot of family members because I know so many of them are just going to be supportive. Yeah, and, um, and which is good. In it's it's all right. fantastic. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I I do like sending some of the stuff to my sister because she's always she's I mean her and my brother, but her especially are a lot of the reason that I listen to a lot of music that was, um, you know, I was in like, second grade and I'm listening to like my sister's six years older than me. Uh-huh. So I'm listening to her music. So yeah. I, I'm in second grade and my fellow classmates are listening to stuff that I would consider like more childish at yeah. the time. And cause you're a child. It's like, right. Well, well <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm listening, you know, the stuff that, you know, she's, you know, uh, in eighth grade. And so mm-hmm. it's like the more hip stuff and it's like, way beyond my ears, and i probably didn't even know half of what they were talking about at the yeah. time but it just sounded good and so i got used to listening to stuff that was beyond me and so i'll send her some stuff just because i want to get whatever weird reaction she gives yeah. me it's not a weird reaction but it's always like this fun kind of like a different reaction. Sh- yeah because <laughs> she she won't say whether she likes it or doesn't like it she'll be like wow i very and, it, and it's a compliment but she'll be like wow i can very much uh feel like this in the opening credits of like a wes anderson film and it's like very specific and i'm like
1: (laughs) i mean that's awesome i felt like i was walking through uh dewey meadow (laughs) barefoot it's something like that it's always very descriptive and very like and i'm
2: like i mean that's amazing because you got a very different experience out of it and that's what i want to because people always ask what's the song about and i always say do you want me to tell you or do you want me to tell you if what you think about it is what I think about it. Cause I'd rather just know what somebody else thinks it's about and what it does for them. And then if they want me to tell them whether, cause that's like, some would be like, I've done that before. Sure, and somebody's yeah. like, yo, is, they're like, well, for me, I feel like this song is about that. Am I right? And I'm like, well, you're right. If that's what you got, if out that's of it. what you feel. I'm like, if yeah. you're asking me if that's what I got, it's not necessarily what I wrote it about. I said, like, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. And you can't do that, obviously, with some songs in, in the past where they're like, you know, when I was 12, and, oh, my, and, and my name is Jim, yeah, I went yeah. into this carryout, and I did this. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. so not as specific, but yeah. Yeah, also, that's a hard thing, too. You can't be too vague, either. Because like, there's some songs that are very successful that are just beyond vague. They're like, I love you because I need you, and I need you because I love you. <laughs> you are you, and I am me. Together, we love.
1: It's like... <laughs> All right. Yeah, well. that's fine. That's cool. I mean <laughs> someone likes it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you're right. It is uh it's art just like a if you look at a a painting or a mural, well, what does it make you feel? Or what do you get yeah. out of this? It does it, That's the point. Yeah. Or or I always had this conversation. or I had this conversation with Amanda when they make movies out of books, you know, they don't always go well because the person that decided to make that movie That's his interpretation of this book. He pulled out, he or she pulled the information out of this book that they wanted. But that's not what I liked out of the book. You know, the movie might be cool, but not exactly what I would have done because it's not, I didn't make the movie. Yeah. You know, there's different interpretations from it.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's, and that kind of ties back into what you asked me about doing it all myself versus hiring other people to come in and be a part of it. I mean, I think part of the, not only do you end up getting so many different takes on it that it might no longer sound even close to what you originally had in your head, but more so, none of that stuff's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and when people aren't really buying music anymore, they're streaming it, and streaming doesn't pay much of anything. So, like, where you make your money is, you know, selling merch or you got your tight knit group of like followers that will buy yeah. a physical copy. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like for me at least, Um, because i've decided to play out in the bars and restaurants um you know some people will come and be like you know here's a 20 dollar tip because i've been loving your album and i'm like sweet we kept that out of you know the third party's hands yeah you know that's that's wonderful and um
1: so yeah you don't want to end up like taylor swift and having to record all her stuff again right yeah that's which is which was cool it's fantastic she did that yeah but it can it can be really
2: pricey like i look to see i mean that's and it's definitely worth it if you have no idea what you're doing and you don't want to take the time to learn that whole I mean, because again, you can be a good songwriter, but it doesn't, I mean, necessarily mean that you want to be a good record producer. It doesn't mean yeah. you want to do yeah. all those extra things. Like yeah. some artists just want to be artists, and so that's what I'm currently developing. Um, I have been for about six months, but like you probably won't take off for another year, um, where I'm develop a group uh under the real JP flag, but we'll probably end up giving it a different name uh-huh. um, where it'll be me and maybe a couple other people that develop artists uh, because oh, nice. and help them do the entrepreneurial things that they don't want to yeah. even get their hands in. Because I'm like, there is
1: something to just an artist letting the yeah. artist be the artist. Well, hey, if you ever create a podcast wing of that, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll uh, be happy to help with that kind yes, of stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to a teacher. Uh, I forget his name now, but he does... Um, like. Uh, audio, audio, video stuff at the school and, and, and I'd ask them like, Hey, do you want to do like a, some sort of podcasting? Cause they, they do the internet. Um, they used to, I don't know if it, if it's part of the radio station, they used to do like a little radio station type deal, uh, at the high school, but I asked if they wanted to, you know, podcast he's like, well, the bad thing about that is since it's run through the school, we have to be really careful what the kids say. <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, well, we don't have to actually have a podcast, but I can come in and show kids. Like, here's equipment. Here's how you do it. Let's set it up. We can talk right now while we record it, you know, and show you how to edit stuff and, you know, all this, all this basic stuff. And then I even told him like, if they want to do podcasts and not through the school, then that's when they can come to me and I can show them and help them and how to do it. and. You know, because I think all this is fun, and the only reason I'm I'm able to do all this now and start a podcast is because I had no idea what I was doing, but you did, and that's why I was <laughs> able to go to go to your house when we first started Andrew and I would go in your studio, and yeah. We would, but you would do everything. I would just set stuff up, and I wouldn't even look at the computer. You would do all that, so it made it a lot easier. But then slowly, I started figuring out. Um, A because I wanted to, but B because COVID and I had to, right? You know, and just like with you, when we first started talking, having this conversation, it forced you to do these other things, take more education, online courses. Same thing with me; I was able to go on YouTube or go on the Hindenburg Journalist website and find more things and shortcuts. But it forced me to do it, and now I like doing it. You know, would it be cool to get some point where I can be like where I can be like uh, Joe Rogan and have a Jamie in the back and they're just running everything and I'm just talking to people? That'd be great, but for now this is what I'm doing and I like doing it. I like, you know, checking things out and I was on my phone, you know, I didn't want to make I, I don't like being on my phone, but I was trying to f- uh figure out like what episode you were on last time because some of the stuff we're talking about we're kind of referencing your other podcast you were on, yeah. so I want to just let people know that you were on episode 16 too, so they can go back and hear some more history about Hunters yeah, Run and all that. <laughs> that stuff. was that was my whole like bio. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that was a, that was a good episode, but I, but like just all that stuff where I could have said like, hey, look up that episode that he was on to somebody else. But much like you probably enjoy really enjoy the hell out of doing everything yourself, even though it's hard. Same thing for me. But I also just like you were talking about with that collective and training people and getting artists to do everything like i would love to do that too because i know how much i like
2: it yeah yeah and it's you know i i I, again because i i I would love if i when i was 19 or 20 and i had all of the motivation in the world to be just a fantastic songwriter and performer it would have been awesome if 36 year old me came along into my 19 year old life and be like a mentor and, and yeah and was just like hey you know you've got a really raw talent you're still very young we're still going to develop you but like we're going to keep you on the right track so that you don't necessarily stray away from you know exactly what you want to do because Mm -hmm. we can make this really good together and um just take people under your wing and so and i mean that's when i say that i have people that are 10 15 20 years older than me that want me to produce their albums too and walk them along some of that stuff because they don't know where to even begin of like yeah. here's all these songs I wrote I don't know what to do with them, and I don't know how to put them out in the world and to successfully like grow you know a following and all that kind of stuff, so yeah. it's just it's a whole <laughs> a whole different thing as i said it's if we could uh develop an actual space like right now we're looking at a couple of spaces to have an actual full studio oh nice um and tie that in I mean we're a studio where we can record, we can do the photo shoots, we can do video stuff like all that kind of yeah. stuff so that we can really pretty much a record label without being a record label yeah you know still
1: be still give uh creators and artists their 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 stuff yeah yeah without saying hey this is part ours no or all of ours
2: well i mean and that's the thing too is that you know we uh if if we develop them and we you know as a producer the difference between like an audio producer and an audio engineer engineer is somebody that sits there like you know Making sure the levels are Uh and making sure, I mean, setting up the equipment, recording it. The producer is somebody that understands all that, but then also offers creative input. Got it. And then maybe writes other parts. So sometimes the producer is the co writer on a lot of songs. Got it. Um, Like a Phineas of Billie Eilish, Mm -hmm. like he's co writer because he produces everything. And so much of what you hear is only because of what he does, Mm -hmm. um, even parts in the song. So you end up becoming a co writer on a lot of it. Which is great for a lot of people too, because I've you know some friends that write songs, but they don't know how to like bulk up the song and make and write other parts and stuff. So it's just yeah, it becomes collaborative in that way. But
1: well, yeah, because it's all about helping each other, right? You yeah. all, especially because you, if you're helping other musicians, you know that they love to do this, right? And you love to do it, so why can't we make it better together?
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
1: Especially if you got a, like a really just
2: young like hungry talent that just wants to like take over the world with their music and but you know they don't know how to get there and it's like let's get there together because yeah. we can both you know
1: i've been down this road i can yeah. show you and, and and when they do take that help kudos to them because not everyone wants not everyone's open to that too right like, well i can fi- i can figure it out on my own right you know? well. like, okay that's cool and, and wish you luck but if you can't you know we're here we can help you yeah i mean there's a uh, like
2: a uh, rick rubin i don't know if you ever heard of him he's the guy that produced like uh beastie boys once upon a time like right. the 80s put them on the map He's the one that pulled Johnny Cash out of a rut and was, you know, the last three Johnny Cash albums before Johnny Cash died. Like he recorded him, like rediscovered him essentially. And Uh, Rick Rubin, mind you, thirty years younger than Johnny Cash, probably, and but he lit a new fire under Johnny Cash's butt, you know, and said people still want to hear you. Yeah. And Johnny Cash was like, "I'm an old retired guy, and my voice sounds gravelly." Like, and. Rick's like, "Yeah, exactly. Let's do that." <laughs> and then he added some of his biggest selling albums in the last 3 years of his life yeah. because of that. So yeah. it's like, you know, that's there's lots of opportunity.
1: Yeah, and and again, it goes back to us it's never too late to do whatever you want to do, you know.
2: Look at uh, look at Brian Cranston, Yeah. Know? You know. Yeah. I think he was like
1: in his mid to late 40s before he even got a big role mm-hmm. on something, so. Yeah. Um, well there's this thing it makes me laugh now because I'm I was uh I'm a candidate for this 20 under 40. yeah yeah congrats thank you when i saw a post that said (laughs) hey i'm tired of all this under 40 stuff uh can we shout out the uh the college graduate at 60 or the writer who finally got a book published at 70 like yeah that's yeah definitely you know because they're still those people are still going for what they want to go for and and let's let's shout everybody out yeah and especially i mean it's uh
2: you know maybe you don't get to that level um to be able to tell that good of a story until you've had that life experience yeah. and so i mean that's yeah. why a seven year old writing the first like bestseller like well you probably didn't have any of those ideas until you got to that point yeah. you know and that's
1: fantastic yeah <laughs> uh, before we go i do i want to go back to wrestling yeah so there's a new like wrestling federation or whatever or like a new group company or, company yeah. yeah what's it so what's going on with that AEW Is okay. that the one I, uh, yeah. I, I did Because I heard a little bit about it Because again This Bill Simmons podcast He likes wrestling So they talked about it a little bit But I, I I tuned out a little bit Because I wasn't sure Or because I was at work But it, It's brand new Like it just started recently Um, Yeah
2: it's all elite wrestling They uh, It's I mean I love it because of uh, My passion for I mean obviously for wrestling But just for the Little guy Versus the big guy Kind uh-huh. of thing Because um, some companies Whether it's music Recording You know Like um. Uh, Record labels, or um, you know, video film studios like some of them get so big that they no longer care about putting out like a really just authentic, good piece of work. Yeah, they're they're just hey, this one thing works, so let's make 300 of these, you know. And so, um, so AEW, it was a uh, startup, um, it was a bunch of guys, including uh Cody Rhodes, who was um second-generation wrestler from like a Hall of Fame, Dusty Rhodes, from years ago. Huh. He had worked for WWE at one point. He and a bunch of other guys on like the independent wrestling scene because independent wrestling has always been like the lot of little micro like uh, regional yeah, kind of yeah. um groups that come around. Um, he and a bunch of guys that were on the independent scene who had like a great following because of things like the internet. They would mm-hmm. put together their own videos on YouTube uh and they created this mass following and then this was like three years ago maybe and they were going to do a one-off pay-per-view with all these different wrestlers young up-and-comers people that had fame in the indies and then some former wwe guys they were going to put on it was very ambitious uh in this arena that probably set like fifteen thousand people which not even WWE sells out of $15,000 oh, know, really? all, all the time. Okay. I mean, they do. It just
1: depends on where it's at.
2: Depends on where it's at. Like, yeah. regular the Monday show might not. Um, but this was like a pay-per-view, completely independent yeah. of any big promotion. And they sold it out in two minutes. Really? Uh, yeah. And so, Tony Khan, who's part of the Khan family that owns, I think, Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes. Yep. Uh, Tony Khan has been a lifelong wrestling fan. and uh, He's the son of um and So this was a new investment opportunity for him. He saw how big this was and how much of a part of the market. Because, like, WWE is, a like I said earlier, global juggernaut who focuses because of their sponsorships and because of a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff. They've become such a big conglomerate that they have to cater their stuff to more kids than they do adults anymore. Got it. And the the kids' parents are the adults. But, like, people that are, like, 18 to 40 demographic that – don't want to watch stuff that seems polished for the kids it gets a little like i mean wrestling silly anyway like i mean yeah wrestling silly anyway but like you at least like they have your you know the suspension of disbelief kind of thing and like if somebody's really mad at somebody else they probably shouldn't just be like cracking jokes like "Hey, what's up doc kind of thing (laughs) but that's what ww feels like sometimes so aew came in and with you know something to compete on that level tony khan brings these guys in they develop a roster and they do a couple shows and then all of a sudden it's so popular that they get a deal on TNT Mm -hmm. and the last time wrestling was on TNT was when WCW Ted Turner's company in the 90s the big wrestling war that happened that was the last time it was on TNT and the funny thing is is that WCW fell apart in the late 90s -hmm. because of the AOL Time Warner uh, merger and you know, Ted Turner no longer had a say in his own company anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they didn't want wrestling on air. Now, fast forward, because of how <laughs> times change, these big like uh, c- uh, cable companies and yeah. stuff are desperate for content because of things like YouTube, because of Netflix. Yeah. So now they're desperate for anything that has a really good built-in audience. Yeah. So now wrestling's back on TNT <laughs> because Time Warner wants them on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, and Tony Khan's running it and, it, and it's just a whole different, like, I don't want to say punk rock because you know, but it very much feels like punk rock at times because you know what made wrestling fun in the eighties and nineties and its big boom is that you had guys still developing their talents that were just hungry and going out and doing their best, and they weren't overscripted and overproduced. Like yeah. it was just very, very raw and like you know, because they're TV fourteen and not TV PG, you know, if uh, these guys are actually look like they're about to like destroy each other, yeah you know, some nasty things get said that wouldn't be appropriate (laughs) and it's not gratuitous though. It feels more real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: It's, uh, so, so that lends to your, your, uh, if you compared the two that lends to more you of what you want to see out of wrestling.
2: Yeah. And there's, I mean the 18 to 40 demographic is one of the biggest demographics that a lot of, uh, companies, especially, um, cable companies go after because that's, I mean, you've got 18, you're just out of high school. So like, you have certain expenses, and then, you know, in your 20s, 30s, going on 40, like, it's, again, it's uh then the people that have got a job that figured out, you know, how they want to spend their money yeah. for their enjoyment. I mean, that's why you got more 38-year-olds playing Call of Duty than you do 16-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> we all grew up on this stuff, and so it's just like, we still want that. I mean, part of it's probably a nostalgic factor, yeah. too. Like oh, seeing definitely. seeing wrestling on TNT again. And so you got older wrestlers that show up there, you got younger ones, you got ones you never heard of, but it's compelling television. Mm-hmm. And that and they're doing everything. Like WWD feels like they're doing everything wrong as a big company, but as long as they're um, stockholders because the WWE's is yeah. a publicly owned company, so yeah. as long as their stockholders are happy, they, they don't, don't they it. don't care if I'm happy. Yeah. And whereas AEW is like, well, we're gonna to put together a TV show for all the diehard wrestling fans, and they've gained so much momentum. So they've been around to answer your question. Uh, like if they were just new, technically they're still new. They're two years old. They've been okay. they've been on air for almost two years now. Oh, um, but they finally just got some legs under them big time because CM Punk and Brian Danielson and a couple other guys that were like huge free agents, mm-hmm. like they got them, and WWE didn't oh, wow. didn't get them um, because. AEW is like addressed all the like the health issues too with wrestlers like wrestlers have always lived terrible carnival yeah, style they're, lives. Yeah, because they're all
1: contractors, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah all
2: private contractors. So yeah. these guys instead of, you know, working two TVs uh tapings and then doing three non-televised like five nights a week like a lot of WWE guys do. Yeah. These guys work one or two television shows a week and that's it. Yeah. And they're not even on every show. Uh so they can still have a family. They can mm-hmm. still have their health. Yeah. And um and it's it's better for the uh the employees, if you will, or the yeah. wrestlers, it's yeah. better for them and it's better for the viewer because of it. Because yeah. you just it's see a product, yeah, and, and you know they're getting taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's uh WWE moved to Peacock, so I can watch all WWE pay per views for five bucks a month or eight bucks, whatever peacock oh. is. Yeah. And yet AEW just had a pay per view and they're independent, so they're back to like the old pay per view model, like forty, fifty bucks oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. And I'm like, here, take it, because yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. I love this. yeah. And they only do like four or five a year okay. now, so yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> I mean, if it's that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, more importantly, it makes me feel like a kid again when I'm sure. watching it, because this is like, I'm reminded of that time that I loved wrestling in like the late 90s, yeah. when everybody loved wrestling. Yeah. I mean, even when if you didn't know it, you had a friend that loved it, and you were like, yeah, I'll watch the pay-per-view with you. Yeah, I didn't watch
1: any of it. like, I did not. I, mean, I never watched Don't it. put me into that group. No, <laughs> that one time it not interest me at all. <laughs> not whatsoever a lot of your friends probably did I'm oh sure. i'm sure yeah yeah especially coming when i moved to parisburg I had, uh well you were involved in and i remember uh, uh they were talking about someone's trampoline or someone's backyard or someone's just in general like you you guys would put on little wrestling shows or whatever so
2: oh no we we were doing it at the school which was even I mean. <laughs> that's terrifying to think about that we were a bunch of untrained yeah kids putting on a pro wrestling show like doing stunts <laughs> in front of a live audience at school
1: like a uh, um, talent show Or what? No, no, I developed
2: the event. (laughs) Oh, my. Because I've always been a promoter. You know that? (laughs) That's kind of what got me into playing music because that was the performance (laughs) aspect and putting on events. And then, sure enough, it was like two years later after I was like, yeah, I don't think they want us doing this anymore. Because, I mean, we we started getting violent. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, we're 14, 15 year old boys (laughs) and beating each other up, not for real, but kind of for real in front of a group while they cheer us on. I'm like, (laughs) What a weird time that was. That I would, would not fly today. Yeah, oh no kidding. <laughs> but the worst part is, before before we get off of that, is that the ring that we had was just gymnastic mats, like yeah. which do not have any give, mind you, because <laughs> uh, at least there's a spring underneath the wrestling ring, yeah. a little bit to give a little bit, and there's no give on those gymnastic mats when you get slammed on it, but the funniest thing, I'll have to show you a video sometime when we did those events, we didn't have ropes, so... When you throw somebody into the ropes, instead of just avoiding that, nope, some guy would go to throw him into the ropes, and he'll just pretend there was ropes there and would come back to the guy to get clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> so to us, it wasn't anything, and, then I, and I went back and watched it. I was like, "Yeah, there's no logic there. If somebody <laughs> throws so me, funny. I'm not going to run back to get hit. Yeah. I'm just
1: going to keep running and like just leave the school." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <coughs> oh. Well, Jake, thanks for coming on. I know, um, like I said, episode 16 was the one you were previously on. Um, we referenced a bunch of stuff that, that you had talked about on that, on your bio episode, as you called it. Um, can you send me a song? I'll put it at the end of the podcast, too. Yeah. One of your songs that's out that are yeah. out now. For I'll sure. Put it, put it at the end. Put your website and stuff in the, in the show notes so people want to check it out. I can do that. Cool. All right, man. Well, like I said, thanks. Uh, And and as as always, thanks for, you know, helping me start this thing. And I always, you know, ask you questions and text you stuff about podcasting. So I appreciate Without you, this thing wouldn't have got started. So I appreciate it. I
2: said, it's, uh, I'm happy to be here and happy that you're still doing it
1: too. And you do a great job at it. So I look forward to listening to more episodes. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. Thanks again to my guest, Jake Paluski, for being on the podcast. He, uh, He's releasing a new album. Please check it out on Spotify. Search Jake and the Venom. Uh, there's several songs out now, and they're all really good. I listened to several of them. Um, give it a listen. Like I said, check the show notes. I'll have uh, links there, and uh, listen after these credits to uh, one of the songs. I'm not sure what song he's going to send me, so uh, it'll be a surprise to everyone. But uh, please uh, check it out. Thanks to Real JP Multimedia. Colorfish Graphics, Perisberger Junior High STEM, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
3: Will someone tell me I'm dreaming? I hope to God that I am is like a falling asleep but i just cannot wake up again the sheets on my bed are freezing and yet my skin is on fire as if it's pouring down rain and i'm a bird on a broken wire Embracing the silence, but all the quiet gets loud. My every thought is like thunder rolling from cloud to cloud. Every street has been emptied. Every rat in its cage. I wanna skip to the ending, but can't even turn the page. Locked in a delirium lullaby Flooded with a flutter of butterflies Locked in a delirium lullaby Lullaby Tell me I'm dreaming I hope to God that I am Feels like I've fallen asleep But I just cannot wake up again Flooded with a flutter of butterflies Locked in a delirium lullaby with a flutter of butterflies Ooh, Locked in a delirium lullaby Lullaby, lullaby 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 Lullaby, lullaby. lullaby.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, The Princess Pod, with your host, Lillian Melcher. Lil, how's it going? Good. Yeah? You got to stay at Nine and Pops last night. How was that? Good. What'd you do over there?
0: We had two desserts in one night.
1: Two desserts? Mm-hmm. What desserts did you have?
0: Skittles and Snickerdoodle.
1: Skittles? Skittles. Skittles and Snickerdoodles. What else did you, did you watch any movies or anything, or what did you guys do?
0: We watched, we thought it was a movie, but it was actually, um, a show. Oh, what was it? Doug Days. D-D-Doug.
1: Doug Days? Doug Days. Yeah?
0: It was a little, like, there's little clips of it. Yeah. Yeah, little clips. And, um, when I got, when I was <laughs> in my brain... When I was there, I wanted <laughs> to go into our new basement
1: mm. did you?
0: I no, but uh. we I really wanted to well
1: s- our basement isn't new, it's just cleaned and reorganized.
0: it's new, it's basically new oh, sorry because there's so much like new stuff like in different places, yeah, yeah,
1: but it looks nice though, huh.
0: It looks super, super cool. Yeah. I have a whole baby area, a Lego area, a dollhouse area. My stuff takes up basically the whole basement. Yeah? Yeah. Like, the school set takes up most of it. The, what do you want to call it? Um, Baby area. Uh-huh. The toy shelf, the Legos, the... Well, we share the Legos. Yeah. The dollhouse. Yeah. The gymnastics area. It's basically all mine.
1: <laughs> Mateo <laughs> just uses the TV, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes he uses his Nerf guns and Legos.
1: Yeah, but that's more outside, though, isn't it?
0: No. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Nerf guns are that. Oh, yeah? Maybe we can have a Nerf gun more today.
1: Maybe. I got to work in a yard today. You do? Yeah. Got to mow. Yeah, and, plus, duck water.
0: and plus, you have to work on fixing those holes.
1: Yep, fixing the holes in the fence mm-hmm. so the ducks don't get out.
0: Plus, yeah. yeah. When they were so little, they could have done that, but they choose not to because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember when the <laughs> ducks used to just follow Godzilla and Mr. Quack? Yeah. Mrs. Quack. Mrs. Quack. Yeah, remember they used to just follow, but then they go separate places now because they're older. Uh, what would you say their ages?
1: Um, they're probably six months old.
0: Six months. Yeah. Why are they so big?
1: That's just that's how animals grow. They got to well, grow
0: fast. Well, well, I feel like the younger ones we got, yeah. are maybe like maybe. Five they're months. like a, they're
1: like a month younger, yeah. Five yeah, five months. months. Yeah.
0: Because I mean, they're really tiny.
1: Yeah. Well, they're that's how big they're gonna get. Breed different. they are two different kinds. Well,
0: will of the that... brown ones get a little bit bigger? No, the
1: brown ones are. That's the size they're gonna get. What? Yeah.
0: That, will that yellow one get bigger or no?
1: We don't have a yellow one. Yeah, we do. It's not yellow.
0: Yeah, it used to be yellow.
1: Yeah, when they were babies.
0: Mrs. Quack, yeah. is she gonna grow more?
1: Nope, they're as big as they're gonna what? get. What? Yeah.
0: But Godzilla is so big, and then the rest of them so tiny.
1: Yeah, that's just how it works, sis. That's how it works.
0: I bet. Um. I bet Godzilla is older than Mrs. Quack. You think so? Yeah, because even though she's he's taller. Yeah. He's taller. Mommy's taller than Amanda, and Amanda's older, but I know but that. I feel like he's older by a month.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Maybe he's seven months. The the Godzilla is seven months, I would say. Mrs. Quack is six, and then the triplets are... Well, winter, sp- winter, summer, and autumn are yeah. um, triplets and they're five
1: months. Oh, okay. So
0: I'm guessing that's how old they are. I wish they could hold up their little claws and, show <laughs> and it. tell
1: you how many? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, it would. <laughs> when my school stuff used to be over there, mm-hmm. I would hang pictures up with tape. I yeah. would hang the pictures up I drew. Yeah. I would remember um, all those Sophia the first pictures I drew. hmm. Wasn't that really
1: funny? And then I had to throw them all in the garbage.
0: Why? No, I'm
1: just kidding. I don't know where they went.
0: <laughs> They're still back there. No. But.
1: All right, Lo. Well, I got to uh, get outside work in the yard.
0: Not.
1: coming outside with me or you staying inside?
0: I might. Texas, quit barking. <laughs> Man, our dog. Yep. Oh, today. <laughs> yeah. He went when our um, smoke alarm went off. He literally ran to our grandma and grandpa's house. Yep. That's where. He was afraid. Yeah. How did he.
1: What? How did he what?
0: It's okay. How did he get out? I don't
1: know. Maybe. I du-
0: shut the gate.
1: Maybe he jumped over the house.
0: Now <laughs> Maybe the other gate was slightly open. Maybe. Maybe you
1: we'll investigate.
0: Yeah, we'll investigate further. He could have opened <laughs> it more, too. Yeah.
1: All right, Lil. Well, thanks for joining. Well, I uh, I was pleased to join you on your podcast, The Princess Pod. Mm-hmm. All right. Say goodbye to the people.
0: Goodbye.